This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Gresham Fourier here with you. Joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline is our guy Tommy Kern of NBC Sports Boston. Tommy is brought to us by Dr. Matthew Lapresti and Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, the hair doctor of Tommy Curran. At 1-800-GET-HAIR. Tommy, good afternoon. Hello, Andrew. How are you today? Uh, Normally, Tommy, I would do the, you know, on Tuesdays, we do something called Upon Further Review, where we dig in deeper and, you know, maybe try to take a look at a a point of the game that we want to sort of bring up and talk about. And I guess in that kind of vein, now that you've had 48 hours to maybe decompress after what went down in Dallas, do you still feel the same way you did Sunday night? Um, not exactly. No. I think that with some remove, you look at the totality of the first three games. And when you do that, what you're seeing from Mac Jones specifically is an uncharacteristic penchant for doing more damage than he really did in 2021 or 2022. He wasn't actively damaging the team's chances then. He was more of a tenant to, you know, driving around the parking lot. It was somebody else's fault that they lost games, whether it was fumbles, penalties, defense. There were very few games that had max fingerprints on it as, as reasons that they lost. The ironic thing is, in the first two games against the Eagles in Miami, and we can't lose sight of this, he played B-minus football, which would have probably been B-plus football were it not for the early pick on an over-amped throw to Kendrick Bourne that turned into points, and were it not for the Xavier Howard pick. Otherwise, Mac played B-level football, and he just played F-minus football and frittered away all the goodwill. So in three, in each of the losses, his fingerprints are, as I said last night, are, are on the murder weapon for the loss. So he's frittering away the goodwill, but as you look at it, what I'd be concerned about is how much mental damage did he do to himself, and is he now going to turn into somebody who says, I can't make a mistake here? Because you can't be petrified, and he looked petrified Sunday. Yeah, I'm with you, and I was just curious, like, you know, Tom E. Curran's, like, mood, right? Is it irritation based on the way things are going? You know, not like you're, you know, physically on the team, but, you know, like, I'm curious, like, if you're uh, indifferent now, have you, are you kind of, like, reserved that, okay, this is just, they're just not going to be very good, and this is just. I'm kind of resigned. Yeah. I'm kind of resigned, Christian, because, look, and it was a great question by Dakota Randall from Nesson. He asked Bill, hey, after the 2021 loss to the Bills, 47 to 17, you said, was this just a bad day or is this who we are? We're going to find out. Well, they're 9 and 12 since that game. And the only teams they've beaten is, is well-documented, not very good ones. 
they actually were one and three heading into that loss to Buffalo. So the 47-17 was a culmination of a face plant down the stretch in 2021. Now they've had another one of these games, and Bill again said, I guess we're going to find out who we are. We already found out this is who you are. I'm the sap who's been sitting out here saying, clean up the penalties, cut the crap with the turnovers, everything will be fine, as if those things were easily fixed. That team's gone. The quality control and the coaching on this team is bottom tier, bottom third. And that's the reality of it. You have to accept that there are going to be false starts. There are going to be holds. There are going to be fumbles. There are going to be situational mistakes. Because it's been 26 games of it. Since they lost that game to Buffalo, they're 9-12. and 12. If you add in the other ones, they're 10-16. They're and 16. That's 26 games. It's been 37 games. 37 games, right? And they've scored more than three touchdowns four times. Two of those were seven against the Jets and the Jaguars. One was a five-touchdown game against Cleveland, and then you had a four-touchdown game against Dallas in 2021. It's 37 friggin' games, and you can't score. In 2023, offensively, at any kind of a clip that makes you competitive. So I'm now resigned. I, I expected improvement, and I realized that I didn't realize that this is who they are. Uh, you mentioned that the coaching is below mid. So was Bill O'Brien and uh, Adrian Clem, were they the wrong guys? Have they not have enough time to sort of recorrect some of the earlier part of that stat you cited? Um, did, did Bill whiff off of what you said by bringing those two in then? I don't think you whiffed on them. I just think that, the notion of having a Dante Scarnecchia who can come in and make Russ Hochstein and Tom Ashworth and the litany of other, you know, mid-tier kind of offensive linemen into borderline Pro Bowl or highly useful offensive starters, it's gone. I mean, Bill has com- compiled an offensive line that has three really good offensive linemen, and then there's absolutely nothing at right tackle by choice. By friggin' choice, he didn't staff the position. And then the left guard position, Mike and Leonard should be over there, and Shaq Mason should still be sitting at right guard. But you actively decided to get away from Shaq Mason. Not saying that he's Leon Gray at this point. Or John Hannah, who played guard. Mm-hmm. Um, but Shaq Mason would have done you a solid to still be there, and Leonard would be on the other side, and you wouldn't need Cole Strange, who's trying to fight through a patella injury. So I don't blame the coaches necessarily, but there's, they're just, when I say not well coached, it's the penalties, it's the situational stupidity, it's the holds, yep. it's the false starts, it's the lining up in the wrong spot. It's all that, right, Christian? Yep. I'm, I'm, talk, no, I'm talking a no, lot right no, now. No, no, you, no, it's all great stuff, Tom, and I, we appreciate it. So we're talking to Tommy Kern, obviously, and it's funny, even while you were saying that, I was just listing the things in my head that bug me that they should know better. Um, but we'll wait for that, we'll do it later. But you know, the whole offseason, all we've been doing is focusing in on the offense and the coordinator and the this and the that and the difference and mm-hmm. how different it's going to be. Now, unfortunately, you got to put an eye on on the defense. And with Judon being out, Gonzalez being out, how worried are you for this defense moving forward? That's the funny thing is you can clean it up all you want and not commit turnovers to actively give the other team points or take points off the board for you. But you went one and three with a good defense, 
now if you clean it up on offense and you you know just don't give them points, you have a defense that might start allowing 28, 30 points a game because you're strapped. You can't bring enough pressure up front to make quarterbacks have to get rid of the ball. And now you're not throwing against Gonzalez or Jack Jones or Jonathan Jones. You're throwing against Miles Bryant and Sean Wade and whoever else. I'm, I'm actually too far into the depth. I, I can't keep track now. Um, so you're throwing against, you know, backup corners. To me, that's – and I just sent this in an email for early edition, and it just really gets to me here. If in 2023 you have a mid-tier quarterback, we watched that Giants game last night, and they couldn't protect Daniel Jones. So you're paying him $40 million a year. You can't protect him. He's actively hurting your team. And you have a good defense. Same thing with Mac Jones. If you're going to have a mid-tier quarterback with a pop-gun arm whose greatest strength is the ability to think, he needs time. If you're not going to provide him time and you're going to spend money on the defensive side of the ball and try to win games 21-20 to 20 or 20-17, to 17, you're doing it wrong. It's friggin' moronic to not spend every friggin' cent you can on offense and then just say, we'll try and draft some defensive players. It's, it's absolutely backwards to me. Uh, how do the Patriots go about replacing Judon and Gonzo? I don't know if you really can, right? I mean, Judon's a Pro Bowl player. He's the best player on their roster for his position, probably, in terms of relative. And I would say Gonzalez has already emerged as pretty close to um, the best at, at his particular position on the roster. I mean, I guess Christian Barmore would have a, an argument. Um, but, yeah, those those guys are both top ten players at their positions. I don't give a crap if Christian Gonzalez has played three games. I've seen enough. He's, he's going to be that if he isn't that already. So you're not going to replace it. You just have to hope that you can scheme, and you can hope, have to hope that your offense can get you to 24 points. How important is this game, this next game, not only for the team, but you mentioned uh, you know, uh, uh, Mac Jones. How important is this game for him? It's vital to me because you run the risk of having – the entirety of Gillette Stadium turn on the team. So far, they've digested a horrible start against the Eagles. Went down sixteen to nothing with Tom Brady standing there. They went down seventeen to three in prime time to Miami, never led. And now, if you come out after this past performance in Dallas, I mean, people people are going to be standing there at the beginning of this game with their arms crossed saying, show me. They're not going to be all, hey, let's go. This is our day. Let's show everybody how great we are. I would imagine that the vast majority of Patriots fans who are judicious and pay close attention are not just going to reflexively clap and say, let's go. This is our team. They want to see some friggin' results for the money and time they spend going down to Gillette Stadium. Not a bad product. Yet, Tommy... If they win the next two against New Orleans and the Raiders, and the Raiders are no great shakes, New Orleans is not good offensively, but defensively, it's going to be another tough group. Tough, tough group, excuse me, to match up against. If you're the if if you're the Patriots now, excuse me, are you just trying to break this up? Win the next two, get the three and three, take a breath and look around the AFC where there's a couple of teams that are pulling away. 
but the overall conference is much more mid than it is great. Yeah, as we sit here and look at the rest of the schedule, the final 13 games, there's nine teams that I'd say you can get. Now, everything's going to change, and I've always felt that until Columbus Day, you don't really know what each team is going to be. The Patriots could still either revert to being competent or continue on the path they're on, but there's nine friggin' games out there that you can still look at with a straight face and say, look, they shouldn't be out of this game. They weren't out of the games against Philadelphia and Miami. So we shouldn't lose too much sight of that. But you got the Commanders, you got the Saints, you got the Steelers, you got Denver, you got the Jets, you have, and there's other ones I'm missing. Um, Chargers would be a team that you could look at and say, you know, you should be able to play with the Chargers for God's sake. So there's other ones there too that are missing. Giants. They can win games. They can they can still get to nine or ten wins and lose to the teams that they're supposed to, but they just cannot humiliate themselves in a fashion that they did on Sunday, especially when we're idiots like me are pretending that oh they're just a couple penalties away, and then to commit the penalties. The penalties led to the turnovers the other day. The penalties led to the loss sneakily. It was the same stuff. It was Mike and Wenu putting them in third and 15 so that when they got into the fourth and one horrendous play call to have Mac Jones, when you have Ezekiel Elliott and Ramondre Stevenson have a sneak, but you were still in fourth and one because you were in third and 15, you were in second and 12 at your own eight because Mike and Wenu had had another false start. So that sets you up for a, a catastrophic play, which they delivered on. So to me, it's still the same stupidity. Tommy Kern of NBC Sports Boston. He'll be on Thursday with Jones and Mego. And, of course, you will hear him Sunday on WEEI Football Sunday as well. Tommy, thank you, friend. Have a great day. Talk to you soon. All right, guys. Thank you. Hey,